Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode 117 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I'm here to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get out of the trails, keep you stoked, and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Now this week we are chatting to Alfie Wallace, the founder owner of Expert Cycles and how he helps his local community uh, through the store, through a lot of different things there and his local riding club etc. So it was great to get Alfie on the podcast and I initially reached out to Alfie because I had Harry Byrne on the podcast and Harry is sponsored by Expert Cycles and Harry was so supportive of what Alfie and the crew there at Expert Cycles have done for him and what it has meant for him to have a sponsorship deal with those guys and um, how it has allowed him to get to events and to compete and everything else that goes into the kind of racing scene. So we got Alfie on the show, it was great for him to come on. I love chatting to store owners and and retail owners um, because that's my background effectively in the retail industry. So I always find it interesting to hear what people have got going on. So we chat to Alfie about the brands he stocks, about the large part maintenance plays in his store now. We also have a chat about e-bikes, trail networks. Obviously, the mountain bike community down around his area there. We chat to him about Harry Byrne and sponsoring riders and also the health of your local bike store and the industry as a whole. It was a great, great chat with Alfie. He's very open about the whole thing and um, it's good to hear from him. It's good to know that guys like Alfie are about there with local stores that support their local community and that's what it's all about really for Alfie. And uh, He chats in depth about that and it's really cool to hear. So thanks for tuning in, folks. It's a great episode. I think you will enjoy it for sure. So put your feet up, chill out for an hour there or however you listen to the podcast and let me introduce Alfie Wallace to the MTB Tribe podcast. Hi, Alfie. Welcome to MTB Tribe podcast. How's things this evening, sir? Good, Gareth. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. You are more than welcome. Delighted to come on and... uh, Fill your head full of nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good, and um, it's uh, it's good nonsense because it's about mountain biking, so it's always a plus. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we were chatting a wee bit there before we hit the recording button about one thing and another. Um, and uh, so, just for the listeners, just tell them a wee bit about yourself. You own a cycle shop called Expert Cycles in Dublin. Is that correct? Yeah. So I, I um, own and work in. Um, yeah, expert cycles in Dublin. We're in Rathfarnham in Dublin, and we're heavily off-road focused, I suppose, and kind of all aspects of off-road. So, um, you know, from enduro mountain biking, not so much downhill. There isn't there isn't the call for it really uh, locally. So enduro has really taken over from that side, that kind of gravity side of the sport. Uh, so we do the enduro stuff. We do the uh, cross-country stuff. Um, Cyclos, cyclocross stuff, um, and everything in between, you know. And we run a we run a small team out of the shop, um, a small team getting smaller. We've we've kind of run a team since we started. We're, we're probably eight or nine years on the go, mm-hmm. and we've always kind of um, looked after a few people, you know. So ourselves, myself, and Robin uh, that works in the shop with me. 
Um, I think he came on board very early on in the in the early days of the shop, and yeah, he helped to kind of drive it forward, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and that's that's one of the reasons why I'm kind of reaching out to you because I had Harry Burn on the on the show. Uh, oh the, yeah the show and um you sponsor harry and he was he was just saying how much you'd helped him and stuff like that um yeah so so i reached out i wanted to get you on the show uh, and just chat about that because i think it's important now with local bike stores and stuff it certainly is a, a talking point to it um and i'm always keen you know to support local stores and everything else um and we'll get into that we'll get into that a wee bit but First of all, Alfie, just tell me a wee bit more about yourself, um, because you were saying before we recorded there, you've been about a while. Tell me a wee bit about yourself and how you ended yeah, up biking and stuff. Probably, probably a relative latecomer to the sport. Age-wise, I started mountain biking when I was 24 or 25. Um, so, like, I didn't pick it up as a kid. Uh, and and as I said to you before, like, when I started mountain biking, ba- basically I was getting a bike to go to work. And uh, one of the lads that lived on the road, he mountain bike before. He'd kind of go and get a mountain bike, get a mountain bike. Um, so I did, and uh, we went mountain biking a couple of times together. And then he just wasn't into it, but I, I was just struck by it. I, I loved it. I couldn't get enough of it. Um, I'd gone just a couple of times, and then um, like I loved every aspect of it. I loved the the outdoors, the mountains. You know, the smell of the air in the forest, uh, riding single track, not being able to ride it, falling off, breaking stuff, trying to fix stuff, you know, all of that. Um, And I just couldn't get enough of it. And so what I did at the time, like I was saying to you earlier, uh, there was no apps or or, um, there was no Waymark trails or any of that. So I was kind of Googling and uh, I found a website, mtbireland.com. Calm, I think it was at the time. And there was a guy on there running uh, beginner spins or introductory spins once a month. And I think he just literally just started running the spins. Well, it was a couple of guys. Um, so uh, I got in touch with them. That was the um, the, the famous or infamous uh, Richie Byrne. Mm-hmm. So everybody knows all about him, I'm sure. Um and a couple of other guys, Sean Hurley and and those guys. So they were running the spin once a month. I uh, went on one or two of those once a monthly spins and uh, just couldn't get enough of it. Uh, and they they obviously, they were running a club. Like, they, they were out all the time. They mm-hmm. were into the sport at the time. And so uh, I started uh, trying to get a bit fitter so that I could go out more regularly, you know. Um, and that that's kind of where I started, and and obviously, uh, like Richie had a big influence on me at that time. He's a he's a complete head case, like uh, outside of mountain bike in any way, really fun to be around. Uh, you know, people just gravitate towards him. Big personality. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that that's where I started. Started mountain biking back then. So that's I don't know what that is. Maybe sixteen years ago, right, or something like that. And. Mainly, there wasn't there was no disciplines really. I wasn't aware there was no downhill really on my radar then. Or I don't think there was a big scene here locally. There was a scene up the north. Um, there was a little bit of downhill, I think, at the time. 
I'm, I'm sure other people that were involved in the scene will tell you different that it was all about downhill and nothing else. But we were just doing spins. We were just mountain biking, um, and I kind of grew with that club. That club turned into Epic MTB. Um, and wow, okay, yeah. Yeah, and, and we just uh, started riding, uh, and we were, it wasn't cross-country, and it wasn't downhill. It was, you know, you'd argue it was the first enduro club ever, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, we were just about riding the sands. Richie used to go up. We we we'd go somewhere different all the time, all around Wicklow, up over the mountaintops, so you kind of you got fit and you got strong and you were doing long descents and you were doing a variety of terrain. So you, you got kind of fairly competent fairly quickly or you got really badly abused, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was cool, cool times. Um, but, yeah, so there was no disciplines. You were just kind of riding the bike and uh, eventually you kind of got strong. Um, and uh, w- Richie started talking about racing, so... Uh, and I think Richie was from a cross-country background, and so were a couple of the other guys in the club at the time. Um, and and it kind of what we were doing kind of lent itself to to being strong riders, proficiently good good technical riders. Um, so we entered, we did a couple of the cross-country races back then, not too seriously. Um, and then I loved the racing, like I loved the, uh, I loved being elbows out, uh, right, physically racing against people. You know, um, and not necessarily the clock. So trying to trying to chase people down or trying to get away from people, hold a gap, maintain a gap, um, ride single track well, pace yourself on the climbs, that kind of thing. Um, and I kept going with that, and uh, eventually uh, kind of started to do really well at the at the cross country racing. Uh, in the early days, I did some downhill races then as well. Uh, which I wasn't quite as good at. <laughs> um, but, like, we didn't have the equipment, you know. Uh, we didn't have the money or the equipment. And, uh, you know, you kind of had to nail your flag to a mast. And there wasn't really a downhill scene, as I said. There was a healthy enough cross-country scene. So I kind of got stuck into that. Um, started racing. Raced from... I've always raced since then. Uh uh, cross country did some of the enduro races as well, but uh, won a few uh, age category titles in uh, in the XC uh, in the M30s. Uh, so it'd be reasonably well known uh, in the XC world, mm-hmm. uh, not so much in the enduro world because it's kind of young. Um, you know, I think the first enduro race was around 2012, maybe 2011, 2012 here, and yeah. I did. The first season, I did a couple of the races, and I enjoyed enjoyed the races and enjoyed the weekend, um, and enjoyed the biking and the people. And I finished reasonably well in in a couple of the ones that I did here. At the time, it was a very you know, I suppose it was a weak field, uh, easy pickings. Um, so I kind of finished well up in the in the pro men's category, but then I just went away from it. I didn't have the time. Uh, Myself and Caroline had had uh, had met Caroline at that stage, and we had uh, had our first child, Georgie, and uh, just didn't have the time. Couldn't give up the weekends for for racing, so two days. So I kind of stuck with the cross country racing because for me it was easier, you mm-hmm. know, doing that on a Sunday on a Sunday only. 
it wasn't taking up quite as much time. And actually, Caroline rides mountain bikes as well and raced. And I'd say she's a better athlete than me, uh, but doesn't isn't quite as committed to it as I am. Um, so she raced and, and got some really good results as well. And she used to come to the races and, and we brought the kids to the races. And yeah, so that's that's where I was at with my mountain biking. And then in, uh, so as regards work and the shop, um, kind of always had a hankering for doing something myself uh, and the shop thing. And obviously, like I'm, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm mountain biking through and through. I love it. Like, you know, I can't get enough of it. And uh, if I'm not on the bike, I'm thinking about the bike, you know. <laughs> or biking or single track or fixing bikes or something, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I see the daggers across the room here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, it made sense to kind of, uh, at the time I had a, I had a good job and I was happy in it. Um, and then the recession hit um, and uh, that wasn't really working out anymore. And so I decided to go mad and open the shop, you know. And uh, say, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Work. So you you opened the shop when there was a recession. Yeah, yeah. It was wow. That must have taken uh, a brief bit of courage to do that. Yeah, I. Yeah, you know, courage and madness and, and just desire <laughs> and passion. I suppose you want to do something so bad, like and like everything is hanging on it, so it has to work. You know, and um, you're not. You know, I'm not, I wasn't half doing it. I wasn't dipping a toe in. I wasn't kind of uh, hoping this is going to work out. Like I, I needed it to work. It had to work. And if I was going to commit to doing it, I was going to make it work. Like you know, mm-hmm. um, and so far so good. Uh, but actually, it, it's a, at the moment it's really tough. Um, you know, there's a good few good shops that have closed down in the last uh, the last couple of years. Green bikes. Uh, up the north, gone. Um, the lads there, Connor and Aiden, around for longer than longer than we are, I think. And a, and a really good, well-known shop, um, Mad Elk Cycles. Uh, we're around. They're gone. Uh, Bike addiction, same thing. And most recently, Bespoke Cycles in Bray, which is a huge loss to the scene here. Mm. And you know, Peter's been a part of the scene for. A lot longer than I have. Um, probably opened the shop around the same time as I did, or maybe a little bit before or after. I can't remember. But he's always been around. He's run races, downhill races in Bray and stuff for years. So uh, it's tough to see those guys going, you know, because mm-hmm. um, they're, they're also fully committed to it, you know. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because by all kind of media outlets and everything, mountain biking seems to be getting more popular. The races are becoming more popular. There's more yeah. competitors, etc., etc. You know, but do you think the world of retail is that healthy? Uh, I think it's really tough. I think the world of retail is hard. It's a hard space. Um, I think uh, people demand more, want more. There's more... Uh, available to them you know obviously the online thing is it's really difficult to compete with you can't compete with it uh you can't really try to compete with it you know unless you're going to go whole hog and and be an online store yourself and try and do that and have some massive financial backing to 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 get that up and running 
Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to try and offer something different, I suppose. So, I mean, we offer our, our experience. Uh, obviously, I've been around a long time. Robin's been around longer. He's kind of um, a total legend of Irish mountain biking. Um, you know, he's he's won everything there is to win. To win, he represented Ireland at three Olympic Games. He he won. I don't know. Uh, lost count of how many cross country elite national titles, cyclocross the same. He's won some downhill races. He won the he won the masters uh, category in the enduro the EWS the first year that it was here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a super talent on the bike. So he he brings all that experience to people as well. Um, and then we kind of, um, I mean, we sell ourselves off our service. Uh, so, you know, when, when we opened, uh, there wasn't really many mountain bike focused shops. Uh, everyone, you know, most bicycle shops in, in Dublin are around were road focused, you know, and they mm-hmm. were they were run by road riders, and you know they didn't really, you know, you could go in there and you could look for an XT Mech or whatever you needed, and you know, oh, you know, we don't stock that because we can't sell that, and you know, you're thinking, you're thinking, is it is it a chicken and egg thing? Like they don't sell it because they don't stock it, or they don't stock it because they don't sell it. I don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it was kind of that too. We When we were opening the shop, you're kind of like, you know, we want to offer something different that isn't really available. Um, we want to be an off-road shop. Uh, we want to offer that. Because you're frustrated the whole time that you ride bikes. You know, you can't, you can't get sorted. There's nowhere to go. Like, you know, mountain biking was, was fresh enough then. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a small sport. You know, you couldn't get the, you know, even full sources were kind of um, not that old, not that long around. You know, people kind of were ignorant to the to the service. Like, you know, do I need to replace the bearings in the rear end? Do I need to service the shock? Do I need, need to service the fork? Um, and then those services weren't available. So, so that's where, uh, yeah, so that's what we do. We do all of that mm-hmm. stuff, you know, and we try and do it really well. Yeah, like... Um and I think a bike store now has to have a really good service department. And, you know, it's one of those things, like, if you could put a percentage on to the turnover of your store, how much of that would be the service side of it? Well, I'd say I'd say it's more service than than, than retail, for sure. Uh, yeah. so we, we sell, a, I suppose we, sell, we do a lot of kind of uh, high-end, uh, custom built stuff. Um, we do a lot of wheel building and custom built bikes and stuff like that. So they're big ticket items. Um, so I don't know, maybe at the end of the year turnover wise, um, it probably evens itself out. I, I'm not sure, but uh, mm-hmm. certainly where you know the workshop is really busy. Are we run off our feet selling bikes now? You know, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm sure. I'm sure after you have seen the scene change a lot since you started back in the day, you were chatting there until now. Like, do you see, you're bound to see more mountain bikers out on the trails. Yeah, a huge amount more mountain bikers. Um, a huge amount more, yeah. Uh, so where do you think those guys are getting their bikes from? I, I think the online brands. I think I think it's really difficult to compete with, um, you know, the, the two and... 
two, three thousand euro bikes that Canyon and YT and these guys sell. Um, you look at them, you know, you go online, you look at them and uh, you think, wow, look at the spec of that. So that's X amount. And then you go to a store and you might see any kind of big brand bike, Trek or Specialized or Giant or any of these guys. And, and they're, you know, for the same spec bike, they're, they're more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so the guys are, are gone for the, the online stuff. I think as well, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a huge lack of guilt, I think, with the online uh, sales. I think it's very easy for someone to kind of go online, uh, read a few reviews, you know, make a kind of what they deem to be an informed decision about buying a bike, put it on their credit card, not feel guilty or embarrassed. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Like it's a real man thing. They don't want to come in and ask you, oh, what do you think I should buy? Is this a good bike or is that a good bike? You know, they, men, mm. even me as a man, like I want to know for myself. I want to make my own decision. You know, and I think there is an aspect of that uh, with the online thing, which which you can't compete with. There's obviously, there's the sitting in the office. I don't know what people do in offices all day because I'm not in one. Um, but uh, I'd imagine if I had uh, a laptop in front of me all day and I wasn't working in a bike shop and surrounded by bikes all day, feeding my habit, I'd be Googling bikes and I'd be looking at them and reading Pink Bike and, you know, uh-huh. reviews and getting caught up in it all and thinking, yeah, I want one of them, you know? Yeah. So, so do that- you see do you see many Canyons and YTs coming into your store for repair? Yeah, a lot, yeah. Yeah, like we, you know, we work on anything and we, we wouldn't, mm-hmm. uh, like we'd never, uh, we'd never try and embarrass somebody about what they ride or, mm-hmm. you know, make them feel guilty for not riding, you know, something that we sell. Uh, I mean, if we, if we only worked on bikes we sold, I mean, we wouldn't be working on bikes, you know, we'd be gone, yeah. you know, so, I mean, you know, we, we, we love them all, like. Mm-hmm. And do, is that is that local guys? Would you say that are buying the YTs and the Canyons? Would that still be a local crowd to you coming in that you would know the guys personally? No, I mean, no, like you don't know people personally anymore. There's 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 so many people out there. Like like I was saying when, when I started, you know, and for for five, six, seven, eight years when I was first biking. If we went up to the local trails and you met someone on a bike, you would know them or one someone in your group would know them. Now, like I have a huge amount of exposure to to bikers because of the shop, obviously, um, because I'm still involved in the club. Um, you know, I, I myself and Caroline run a, a kids spin on a Friday through the summer. So we kind of bring uh, young kids out from balance bikes up to kind of 12 years of age. Um I run a lot of spins, mountain bike spins. I run a spin on Tuesday night, Thursday night, and there's usually one on a Sunday. So, but still, I don't know everyone. You know, there's so many people mm-hmm. out there, so many young kids out there now mountain biking as well. It's uh, it's it's brilliant to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it certainly is the you know the industry certainly growing, but the the direct customer thing um, it scares me a little, to be honest. Um, kind of i'll be honest it kind of annoys me and it scares me because i personally would support my local store before i would try and buy online um 
I don't know if I would just not feel right going into the store with a brand that's bought online and asking the guys to maybe go out their way to do something for me, or I just don't know where that feeling. I'm maybe old school, you know. I'm maybe yeah, old school. I don't think, like, I don't think that shops can expect to be supported, as you say. Um, I think you've got to offer your service. You've got to do the service well, and like, what's happened to us is, you know, we opened however many years ago. Like, I've more friend, like. Like the whole thing, the line is blurred. Like there's guys that come into the shop uh, that have become friends. You know, they're 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 mates now more than customers. Um, like there's guys that come in regularly just like just for a chat. You know, yeah. they just come in and hang out and have a coffee and and then they go off. Like and you know, sometimes you wonder like, you know, what can I get for you? You know, but like that's not what they're there for at all. You know, they're there to talk. Like they, you know. I'm on the bike a lot. I'm, I'm surrounded by bikes. I'm talking about bikes. Some people need their fix, you know. They can't get out of the bike. They're injured, whatever. They're in the shop, you know. They're chatting, you know. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, I don't know about supported, but, like, I suppose we, we've made our – we've always been part of the community, um, and, and the shop has kind of become part of the community a little bit, I'd hope. Um it's not support you want. It's it, you want people to come because they want to come, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to for your service or for your products or for your advice, you know, uh, not because they think they need to prop you up. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, oh no, certainly, certainly not. But I think it's a nice thing to, you know, go to your local store and, as you yeah. say, have that community side with it and chat to the guys, yeah. have a bit of a laugh, and then at the end of the day say, um, you know, I'll drop my bike ne- and next week if that's okay, I need a few things done. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's real cool, and the whole mountain bike scene kind of has that community. It does have it. It does have it. You know, and it, it, it really requires it. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, uh it's a bug mountain biking you know it's 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 not something you pick up and put down and, and forget about like well i don't know maybe some people do but for me it's it's a bug it's it gets into you you know and you, you want to talk about it you want to be you know you want to be a part of it you want to you want to be in that community you want to talk to other people in it you know and i suppose that the, the shop allows you to do that a little bit you know even as a customer you can come in you can and you know, customers bump into other customers in the shop and they hang around, we chat to each other, like, you know, we all have a banter. And yeah, it's, it's good crack. Like, I'm trying to tell, as I say, Caroline's here looking at me. I'm, t- I'm trying to tell her I'm going to work. Like, well, here I am. I'm <laughs> 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 the crack all day long, you know. It's just crack, you know. <laughs> I, I, I know it's, it can be like that, but it's funny, you know, mountain biking's like that. I come from a big surf background as well. Surfing's like that. Surf stores, people go in, they hang about, they chat, they talk about this break, yeah. that break, this surf session, they have a coffee, you know, yeah, and then scene, they, they head it's on. It's a scene that you want to be a part of. You're, you, are you, you are a part of, you know. You're, it's your sport, isn't it? It's your gig, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Um. So tell us, Alfie, what kind of mountain bike brand you sell there. You sell Yeti, obviously, because uh, Harry's on a Yeti, yeah? Uh, he, he's on a Yeti. Uh, he's been on a Yeti for the last couple of years. Um, yeah, we, we do Yeti. Um, and actually, they're, you know, we've all ended up actually riding Yeti. Um, we support Scott Wallace as well out of the shop. He's, he, he's on a Yeti. Robin rides a Yeti. I ride a Yeti. And Harry rides a Yeti. Um, 
so yeah, we're we're loving that brand. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've recently started doing the Santa Cruz brand as well. Um, All right. So uh, another big brand, another kind of desire, really desirable brand, um, mm-hmm. and they kind of sit nicely with Yeti because uh, like Yeti are a real premium brand, um, and I know that Santa Cruz are a premium brand too, but they do a lot of stuff. Um, and they've got, you know, they've got some hardtails. You can, we can do some custom build on hardtail frames. Um, and they've got a lot kind of, they've got a, kind of got a full sus from three, two euros, 3,200 euros upwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not quite as pricey as yes, he can be, you know? Yeah. Um, so we do those, we do focus bikes as well, um, as a kind of, you know, big brand that covers all bases. Uh, we started doing them for the cyclocross bikes. They so, you know, they do kind of probably the probably or arguably the nicest cross bikes out there. So that's how we got involved with that brand. Um, and we've ended up doing some of them. They, they've done some really nice full sus bikes in the last couple of seasons, particularly the last two seasons. So we've done some of them as well. And, mm-hmm. um, and then we do a lot of accessory brands, like so all of the main brands that you think we 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 do a lot of Fox stuff. Uh, a lot of rock shock stuff. Uh, like I say, we do a lot of a lot of for a lot of um, suspension servicing in the shop. So uh, we've kind of good ties with the with the Fox brand, especially. Um, and we do all the big tire brands, Maxxis and uh, WTB would be the two main ones we do. We do uh, Endura clothing, hundred percent goggles, helmets, anything, anything you want. Mm-hmm. And the cool brands, some of the smaller stuff, uh, yeah, everything, everything you're into, that's what we're into, you know. Like, yeah, that, that's know. cool. <clears throat> and when you opened the store, Alfie, did you decide to go with certain brands? Was there certain brands you wanted in the store from day one? It's a funny thing uh, when we opened the store. Uh, it, it's a difficult, like, it's a slog, you know, uh, because mm-hmm. coming from nothing into the bike industry, you've got your kind of. I suppose you're known in in the in the world of biking, but in the in the bike trade itself, nobody knows who you are. Doesn't care either unless you can pay the bills, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all worried about getting into bed with you in case you can pay the bills, and you're going to go out of business in six months or a year, and they don't want to. They don't want to, you know, uh, disgruntle some other neighbouring shop that they might deal with. Or so it was a bit of a long slog. Uh, we opened up with um, with some brands that we've kind of changed and moved through, and we did look for Yeti uh, for a number of years, and we couldn't get them. They had a dealer here, um, but in the end, that dealer kind of wasn't really doing anything with them, mm-hmm. uh, and we got in with them then at a good time. We had uh, started doing some other stuff with Silverfish, who distribute Yeti, um, and uh, eventually you know, uh, the squeaky wheel gets the oil and we ended up with the brand. So, and which we've, we've done really well with it. So, and it's kind of set us apart as well as, a, as a shop, like it's, it's kind of made us cool. Cause we're kind of, we're kind of two old guys in the, in the, in the eyes of all the young lads, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so with the brands we have, we've become cool, like, or the shop has, maybe not we have, but yeah. Yeah. And Santa Cruz is definitely everywhere. You can't go on to YouTube or watch, any kind of yeah. mountain bike film without a Santa Cruz being in it somewhere. You yeah, know? They're, they're such a cool brand. And, and you know, um, 
Oh, we didn't actually look for them. Uh, basically, the guys that uh, we've a really we ended up with a really good relationship with the guys who do focus because uh, of the cross stuff we do, and uh, Robin's Club teamwork. They run the kind of cross cyclocross series in in Dublin, uh, and have done for the last ten years or more. And uh, so, focus wanted to get on board with that, and you know. Um, we got a relationship with them and then they started that distributor started to distribute santa cruz two years ago one year ago um and they looked for us to do the brand so Mm -hmm. that was kind of cool to to for the shoe to be on the other foot and uh you know for them to ask us would we be interested in doing the brand you know rather than us going kind of looking for it you know i I didn't we never looked for it because actually peter and bespoke did it and did it very well and you know, we didn't really want to kind of be jumping all over other people or what they were doing. So we were, you know, you kind of leave that to them. Um, and when actually when approached us, I gave Peter a call and said that look, we were thinking about doing this, and he was uh, he was very cool about it. So yeah, very cool. Well, tell me, have Santa Cruz talked about doing an e-bike? there's always rumors uh i, I don't know uh, it, it's it's a funny one like both santa cruz and yeti have said that uh in pr- previously have said that they won't do an e-bike unless uh they can really bring something to the party they don't want mm-hmm. to do an e-bike just to do an e-bike uh you know because yeah. everyone else is um but you, you'd have to imagine they you know they'll have to consider it in the future because you know, listening to all the brands and all the jargon and everything in the trade, like the E E mountain bike is the, the growth area in the in the sport, like in in the trade. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, like I was I was reading the thing on the news this morning, and Harley Davidson has actually released three E mountain bikes. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting space, like because you know. Um, yeah, you see, you know, motorcycle shops doing e-scooters and e-bikes. I mean, they're doing it for a different reason. They're not doing it because they love mountain biking. They, they're doing it, you know, they're doing it to to make sales, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And because they, they see this growth. And I suppose, uh, you know, the, the, you know, if you look at the traffic and the congestion in, in the city, um, they're got, something is going to have to change, you know. People are going to have to find other forms of transport and... Yeah, you can. You hear rumors of different car manufacturers looking at e-bikes and e-batteries, and you know, um, yeah, it's it's interesting where where it's all going to end up in the next ten years or whatever. Yeah, the the e industry that is just mad. There's so much stuff out there now. Every company seems to be jumping on the bandwagon with e-cars and. Yeah, you, you can get electric everything now. Shopping trolleys, everything. Shopping, <laughs> just... Yeah, where are you shopping? That makes a fancy spot. <laughs> well, where I'm living at the minute, you would need a trolley to get up and down some of the hills. They've uh, little. I can tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's yeah, the industry seems to be changing, um, and you know, I'm sure some of the big brands are, they've pumped a lot of R&D into these e-bikes, these e-mountain bikes, and uh, they're going to have to sell them. So I would see, I would see the racing changing a wee bit as well. Maybe a category coming in for the e-bike. Do you see that happening? Maybe uh, just from your experience? I think there is an e-bike category in the, in the uh, Enduro, the Gravity Enduro here. Uh, I think they brought yeah. one this year. Um, I don't think it's hugely populated, but 
Yeah, look. Can you see uh, in the EWS or somewhere? You you can. I like what 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 is interesting is um I, I you can kind of see the crossover between motocross, motorbikes, and e-bikes. And, and who's going to get to control that? Is that going to be the UCI or is that going to be, you know, the, the governing body of, of motor, motorized vehicles, motocross racing, you know? And I'd say there's a bit of a, there's going to be a bit of a clamber for that. Uh, the UCI will probably, yeah. I mean, if they want to own this, the, the, the category of e-bikes, they're going to have to do something with it, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Before somebody else does, I suppose. Yeah, it's funny. And, um, you know, it's they haven't been in Europe. They're massive now. They haven't That's been received it. just as well in the states. No, uh, oh, and I think they're getting a bit of stick in the states about yeah churning up the ground and and uh, riding in wet conditions and they have a different viewpoint on it. A bit bit more conservationist, I think. Mm. Yeah, they seem they seem to, and the the big thing they chat about there on the e-bike thing is that you're cheating. Well. It, it depends. It's like we 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 uh, supported the uh, Adrian Vanderlee, the you know the the photographer. Um, we organised a Focus e-bike for him or with him uh, two seasons ago, and he like he's in he 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 would have been in the club with me, Epic MTB, um, and always rode bikes, you know. And his son Max rides bikes and was in the club as well. And and Adrian through through going around taking photographs of all the events, ended up kind of not riding bikes. Mm-hmm. And then obviously it seems like a bit of a big hill to climb to get back on the bike. So he got an e-bike. Um, he got a Focus Sam from us. And uh, man, like, he's loving it. He's back out on the bike. He's, you know, you see him often now taking pictures on mountaintops of himself out for a spin. Like it's 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 really cool, and they do have a place, you know. And and uh, if they're not for you, that's cool. Well, maybe someday they will be, you know. Yeah, it's very true. I I certainly do believe they have their place. And um, you know, when people say you're cheating, well, who are you cheating, really? You know, what are you cheating? Yeah, well, they're not sitting on the couch, you know. So exactly, you know, exactly. Um, now just thinking and chatting about bikes and and stuff like that. Do you see? Alfie, just coming through your store there, do you see the way people are buying bikes or spending on their bikes? Is that changing? Are they buying a cheaper, let's say they're buying a full sus bike, are they going two and a half, three grand, three and a half grand and upgrading more often or changing more often? Or do you see many people buying, you know, five, six grand bikes? What way does the customer base work for you? It, it like it's it's different for us. I think uh, like we actually probably miss that middle, mm-hmm. that middle sector, that two to three grand uh, full source. Like I say, because we do those kind of high end brands and some custom stuff, um, we end up not doing a lot of volume in that mid range. But uh, we do kind of uh, more of the high end stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know. Um, we do see all those other brands because they're in and we're getting we're servicing them and, and whatever else. Um, but I think I think if you're trying to compete, you know, if you're trying to sell a two and a half grand mountain bike of a a brand that's available in store, it's very hard to compete uh, price wise with with some of those online brands. Mm-hmm. You know, so I I think. Uh, 
that's that's probably a really difficult uh, sector for for uh, mountain bike focused shops. Yeah, probably often yeah. something different. You know, you, you, like I say, uh, you, you know, you're not going to put up a, a, a big brand bike against one of those online brands and and match them for price. You know, so you got to be kind of doing something different. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And like, how often do you see guys changing bikes? Do they do they change? Do they upgrade? Yeah, a lot more than a lot more than in the past. Like, I think yeah, I, yeah, I think people people really really change their bikes fairly regularly now. You know, every year, every two years. Some people more, some people maybe a bit less. But uh, it's. Uh, yeah, I mean the stuff is so good. Uh, it, it's it, you know the stuff is coming on year on year. It's changing like in the last, like since the twenty six inch wheels. How much has the how much have the bikes changed? Like how, how much mm-hmm. has changed? Like since the introduction of uh, dropper seat posts. Like what has that allowed? Like what you you would wonder like what you know. Would we still be doing enduro races with no dropper seat posts? Like, how would you? Can you ride a bike anymore without a dropper seat post? Oh, it's, uh, <laughs> it, 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 you know, the, the thing is changing and changing for the better all the time. And, and with the changes to the to the stuff, the the sport is changing. We're we're moving the goalposts of what you can do on a bike because we're we're changing the bikes. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, the- you can't. You got to change the bike. You know, you can't. You know, a bike, five-year-old bike now is is very different to, to a new bike. You know, mm-hmm. like those new new 29ers that are coming out are they're they're so well uh, thought out, they're so well made, the, the angles are so good, they ride so well, they're so quick. You know, the, you know, if you're on a 26-inch bike, you're you're not at the races, like just yeah. not. You know. Yeah, it's funny, you know, the way technology goes and it's going so fast in the in the mountain bike industry. But the dropper posts a funny thing because I remember, you know, when it came out and I was like, what's this for? Like, why do you need one of those? And I was never sold. Yeah. And it's maybe because I wasn't riding trails steep enough. But once I got on a bike with a dropper post within, you know, a couple hours, I was like, how did I ever ride a bike without one of these? <laughs> <laughs> I think even like there were there were like I don't know was a gravity dropper or someone they had a really clunk there was a couple of really clunky uh-huh. not very functional ones out but really when the reverb came out like it you know it really changed things like it, it worked really well all right they have their problems and they need their services and stuff like that but uh, you know from a functionality point of view like you can put the seat post wherever you want whenever you want at the touch of a button um like yeah it, it really changed things everybody wanted one every you know before that it was oh, i don't know i don't know but once the reverb came out it worked so well everyone wanted one and they're on every single bike now nobody's yeah. right no that's it and you know even the cheap end kind of and you know introduction bikes um yeah you know they're even coming now with droppers as standard um yeah. You know, and that's the way it's going. It's changed the way we ride the bike. Like, it's changed. It's probably changed everything. Like, you know, getting the seat post out of the way allowed you to ride trails differently, allowed, I suppose, bike designers to think differently. Um, 
uh, about how they're designing the bikes and what they're designing them for. And mm-hmm. yeah, one thing leads to another, and and here we are all riding, you know, SB one fifties. Exactly, exactly. But um, you know, looking at the the mountain bike industry, and you'll know this from going to bikes shows and stuff you know relevant to your store there there's so many bike brands out there at the minute it's unbelievable it's amazing isn't it it's amazing you see these small brands and think like are they actually how do they survive are they making any money like what's you know i can't pull any names out of my head but i i know i see brands and and you know you see the kind of really odd stuff they're doing and they're trying to make a niche for themselves and you're thinking what 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 are they doing like how are they how are they surviving who are they selling the bikes to and how are they competing them yeah well that was my question do you think you know there seems to be a bubble or a boom or whatever you want to call it in the mountain bike thing do you think in the next three five years when it all settles down and there's let's not say the recession word again we've already talked about it once but if something like that happens there's bound to be a load of these brands have to disappear i don't know i i i kind of think that the you know the recession thing didn't didn't really hurt the bikes that bad you know from what i saw was um people probably you know they probably stopped uh moving houses and they probably stopped getting extensions and they probably stopped buying a new bmw every every year and they probably stop paying their golf fees but <laughs> see, i think we got more mountain bikers out of the recession than than we lost like i think people were looking for other things to do and you can buy you know you know maybe a maybe a really high-end car costs i don't know what it costs because i don't have one maybe 50 grand 60 grand 20 grand or whatever you know a really high-end bike five six grand you know you're the cock of the walk aren't you mm-hmm. you know so maybe it's uh you know, I don't know. I think the recession was good for us. Like, I think it was. I, that, that's interesting. I never really thought on it that way now before. Um, and it's kind of, it's kind of like, I know it's on a different scale, but it's one of these. It's why the coffee thing seemed to go so well through the recession that it, it was just, it was something people could afford to do and just have yeah. a wee get away from everything. Have have a very expensive coffee. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know. Yeah. But yeah. still, it was within everybody's kind of reach, almost. You know, still afford it. Yeah, it's still a luxury, maybe, but you can kind of allow it to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's really interesting, um, because you know, you just see so many brands all the time, brands you've never heard of before, and you're thinking, like, where are all these bikes going? Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know. I don't know. Mm. Uh, it, it's. Uh, yeah, I, I, I see the same stuff and I, I think the same things, you know, and, and, and you see some crazy things and think, yeah, that's not going to work. And then it does. And you think something is going to work and then it doesn't. So, yeah, we just don't know, you know. Um, but, yeah, we, it, there's some there's some great brands out there and, and uh, some great small brands doing some great stuff, too. Uh, and, and, and accessories, too, like uh, some really cool things coming out and... You know, around the enduro, you know the the different tools that are coming that you can have on the bike, and, and and different ways of storing stuff and stashing stuff, and different puncture repair kits, and you know the tubeless plugs, and you know it keeps moving and changing, and people keep coming out with things, and you think 
man, they can't they can't invent anything else. But they, they keep coming out with these new new things, and you know, a lot of them are really good. Yeah. And, you know, and allow us to 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 better biking. You know. Yeah, no, very, very true, very true. Um, now, let's touch a wee bit on your cycle team, Alfie, because yeah. um, I want to chat to you a wee bit about Harry and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So whose idea was it you start a team initially when you started the store there? Uh, you know, like we obviously were racing, uh, myself and Robin, um, we were still racing. And um, there was a young lad... I think the first guy we had was Dan Brickenden. And basically it came out of, because like I say to you, uh, you know, these kids come into the sport and you can kind of see they have a bit of talent and uh, then they go out of the sport, you know, mm-hmm. they go missing that six, 17, 18. And uh, Dan was there and he was kind of struggling a bit with his equipment and stuff like that. And uh, we just thought, look, we try and help him out. Um, and kind of put him on the right equipment and sort his stuff out for him and get him going and uh, that that's kind of how it started it wasn't it wasn't so much really thinking of the shop or or anything like that it was more kind of around him uh, and trying to keep him going and uh, kind of set him in the right direction I suppose you know mm-hmm. which worked yeah. out for a while with him he 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 rode. Uh, he was an XE rider, and uh, I think he his best result in the end. He finished on. He was on the podium in the elite nationals uh, one year, and then he's gone missing. You know, he uh, he found a few beers, and uh, he started mm. a car, and yeah, he he's gone off. He still actually comes out with us, so uh, he doesn't ride the bike that much anymore. But like, if we're Christmas parties or whatever we're having, he he usually lands into them and. As a burger and a few laughs. Uh, so there was him. Uh, we looked after another couple of kids. We had, we, you know, you, you try, you try with some kids, and you know they just, they don't, you know, it doesn't stick for whatever mm-hmm. reason, and others it does. So we Dan, we've Scott Wallace, who's kind of been on the team since the beginning, also, um, and he turned into, he's an amazing rider. Amazing talent. He ended up working in the shop. Uh, so he worked with us for, he worked in the shop for the last six years. He just left us this year. He's, he, while he was doing, while he was working, he was in college doing his mechanical engineering degree, which he got, and he left us. So he's still on the team and he still rides the bike. And obviously he, he won the, the Enduro Series here uh, the previous two years. And then on to Harry, who won it this year, this past year. So we, we've had a really good record with the two guys in the Enduro uh, series. I mean, a couple of other guys, we found Bradley there on the team, who's kind of mooching in and out of the sport. We're trying to cajole him back into it. But I uh, don't know. We had Gavin O'Connell for a couple of seasons, and he he landed a job in specialized and he's he's riding for them which you know makes sense um, he still rides with us um, but you know so like the team uh, for us is about the kids or the young lads uh, trying to keep them in the sport trying to give them some uh, of our experience i suppose of trying to you know get them on spins regularly and let them kind of you know evolve into their own rider mm-hmm. no pressure from us to do anything and 
yeah, definitely it's more about supporting them than, you know, because I don't know what benefit it is to us. I don't know. Maybe we get some kudos. Maybe, you know, maybe, I don't know, would we get some customers from it? I, I don't know. How could you kind of quantify that? But uh, it, it definitely didn't start off being about that. It, it starts off being about, and the same with Harry. Uh, he, he joined the club, Epic, MTB, and... Uh, we were riding with him and you could kind of see that he's a talented guy and actually uh, I spoke to Harry's dad because I just I had a feeling that there was another uh, crew you know there's a there's a big thing with the young lads now the sponsors the whole sponsorship thing like you know they, they nearly sell their soul for for a jersey mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. they don't necessarily get anything uh, in return for a jersey but they get to wear a jersey and it's all the hashtags and cool kids and you know and and that's cool you know if, if that's what you're into that's great you know and i thought that that was i could see that harry was quite a talent uh or we could and uh i thought that that was probably going to come his way and i just thought uh more to kind of protect him from that a little bit um i said to his dad look i think that that's going to probably happen and i think probably the thing to do is you know, if if that's what he requires or was looking for at the time, because he's a young guy, mm-hmm. we we would be delighted to put him into an expert side because jersey and you know maybe keep him on a steady path for the next couple of seasons. You know, no kind of uh, not getting sidetracked by something else that that isn't anything. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so that's kind of how it started, and then. Uh, yeah, he just started riding with us more and more and, and kind of riding away from us then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> As they do, you know. So, uh, yeah, I probably don't, probably don't ride with him that much now anymore. Um, uh, he, he's, he's just very, he's very talented, very driven, very uh, very good on the bike. Uh, and he's got the full support of his, of his parents there behind him, which is massive for the kids. Because oh, yeah. you definitely see the... You know, I mean, it's hugely apparent uh, the difference when uh, these kids have the support of their parents and when they don't, and uh, how that affects them and and and, uh, and where they end up. And Harry's, uh, yeah, and Scott, Scott was Scott's dad, mountain bikes, uh, Keith. Um, he's he they were in Mad Mountain Bike Club. And his brother mountain bikes, um, you know, and that's like that was kind of family thing. Like they they all mountain bike together, and um, and he's still going at it, and he'll always mountain bike, I'm sure. And Harry the same. Like his his dad did a bit of mountain biking, um, but he's from a, an off road background with motocross and uh, mm-hmm. cross and enduro and stuff like that. So he's kind of into the two wheels thing. You know, his dad is into the racing. He's into watching the race and he's into the results. He's into watching the other kids racing like and like he's not just there to look at Harry like he's actually enjoying the race. You know, he's enjoying yeah. the competitors, you know, he so he's into it. So he, he has that support behind him, you know. Um, yeah. So hopefully, he, you know, he he's probably getting beyond what we can kind of really uh do you know what we can do from at, at this stage you know because obviously like we're a small store we don't have a lot of money like it's not like we're throwing money at the guy um we're just trying to help him you know mm-hmm. yeah. well i think it's very cool that you sponsor local riders and stuff because you know looking at it from 
uh, you know, the shop and the monetarily thing behind it and actually benefiting the store through sales or anything, yeah. you know, you obviously don't get that really from it, you know. So it's it's, it's cool to see the support from local stores going into local riders. Yeah, you're doing it because you, you're doing it because you love the sport. You know, mm. and you want to see these kids progress and you want to see them stay in the sport. That's that's really why it's you know it's uh, it, it, and because you can. You know, you have an opportunity to, to 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 give someone a hand or a dig out or give them a bit of direction or whatever. Like we've worked with loads of kids and. And we've helped a lot of kids, uh, you know, without helping them, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, guys might, you know, come in, you know, the likes of Killian, he's gone away, he's broken his break, and kind of borrow something, yeah, no bother, you know, uh, Adam McGarvey, another, you know, and you're not looking really for anything in return. You just help them guys out because, you know, you can, I suppose, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not doing it for the money, for sure. No, because... we're not getting it, you know. We haven't got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely, if I was doing it for the money, man, uh, no. Uh-huh. But it's no. cool, you know, talking to Harry and stuff and having him on the podcast. Um, yeah. You know, he, he is so thankful for the support that, you know, you have given him and his, his mum and that and his father and his parents yeah. give him and the support he has around him. You know, and I think it's cool because... Whenever I have any kind of young racer um, or anything like that on the on the uh, podcast, I always ask them about that. You know, do they actually realise the sacrifice their parents do give and they you know the support? They realise, you know, they like. Uh, I, I just I don't I don't think they could. Maybe they realise when they're forty or fifty themselves and, and, they're, <laughs> and they sit and they have their own kids and they think, Jesus, what did he do? man? Look at what he did for me or what they did or you know what my well, I'm talking about the parents, not us, like. Because uh-huh. um, yeah, I mean it's huge sacrifice because, like you know, they're bringing them to spins, they're driving them around. You know, like Harry's only just turned eighteen. Like up until, up until a year ago. Like, he, he couldn't get a lift to a spin. His dad brought him everywhere. He dropped him to the spins. He collected them from the spins. Like, he, you know, he sat in car parks. He, you know, so, like, there's huge... Uh, and, you know, gave up his own time to, you know... He probably doesn't get on a bike at all himself anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, just driving around after Harry, you know? So, um, Harry would probably kill me now for, for putting that out there for everyone, for all his mates to hear, you know? <laughs> but he's a, he's a man now, for sure. <laughs> he's uh-huh. doing- own thing you know yeah yeah well um just looking to the future and and things like that how how bright do you think the future is for the mountain biking scene and particularly in ireland maybe Uh, it's huge it's it's uh i think we're really lucky here i you know um i i can i can certainly talk about locally to where we are like we're we're in rathfarnham at the bottom of at the bottom of the hill, take knock really. Um, so we've got our trail centre there, and around the corner we have the gap, mm-hmm. uh, and that's been a massive asset to uh, to the scene here. Um, you know, particularly for kids, uh, it's a really safe environment. Um, you know, they can go up, they can hang out with their mates all day there. It's not expensive, and their parents can have a coffee in the coffee shop or a burger or. You know, chat to the other parents. They have got a, a walk, a waymarked walk up there that the parents can go on while the kids are riding bikes. So there's a lot of kids there. I know a lot of mountain biking parents that their kids, like, that's where they spend their time. You know, they're mm-hmm. up there jumping around, they're doing gap jumps, and they're doing stuff their, their dads can't do, you know. 
uh, at a very young age. So it, it'll be really interesting. And also, there's a huge amount of kids in the sport now. Um, I, I was listening to on one of your podcasts. You were going through the numbers of growth. I think mm-hmm. with uh, with Robert from Freewheeling um, in in the youth categories in enduro, it's really captured the imagination of the kids because obviously we have some really successful riders. Uh, you know, it's a cool sport. They're wearing some cool gear. They can do some jumps. They can hang out, and, and I think as well um, with the bike parks. Um, you know, you can kind of hang out, you can be cool, you can you can race or you can not race and, you know, uh, you can get some skills and, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, it's just going to explode, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, um, Greg and Killian and Keelan and Harry and Scott and Dan Wolf and all these guys, uh, Connor Lavelle, and, you know, they're kind of paving the way for these kids. They, they can aspire to be that good, you know. It's, mm-hmm. it's not that far away. You know, these are guys, you know, from Raffarnham, some of them, you know. Uh, you know, so local guys, why can't you be as good as them, you know? They're not they're not guys from from Colorado or, you know, they're not mythical characters. They're, they're yeah. people you can touch and see, you know. Yeah, exactly. And they're so approachable as well. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, it's a funny thing. People always say that about, about uh, you know, the mountain bikers and the, the really good guys. But, like... At the end of the day, I, I think they're just guys riding bikes the same as us. They're just a bit better than us, you know. And um, but you know they must they must have the same outlook on life as us. They must be they're into the same things as us. Boy, like of course they're approachable, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to think they are anyway, you know. Or why wouldn't yeah. they? You know. Yeah, they're cool, and I think it's because it's just this, the 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 scene and the lifestyle thing with the mountain biking, you know. And you know you can go up the mountain with guys of all different abilities yeah you know and as long as you all come down the mountain at some stage you, you yeah. know you can still all basically ride together that's it yeah and that that's what that's what enduro has really allowed you know mm. uh, uh, you know uh, whereas before when we were kind of just doing spins you kind of had to be a similar ability because you were mm-hmm. going somewhere and you were coming back to somewhere and you didn't want to get lost in the middle but with the enduro racing you know, you can go out for the weekend and, you know, you know, a guy of Harry's ability can ride with someone, you know, like me, who isn't the same ability, you know, can ride that event together, mm-hmm. you know, race the stages and ride together in between and still have a good weekend. And, you know, so you can all hang out with your mates and it doesn't really, you know, you're not really racing each other. You're not getting lost. You're stopping for a feed in the middle and, it's a much more social thing, you know, yeah. than, than any of the other disciplines probably were before, you know. Yeah, I think it's done. I think the enduro thing has done so much for mountain biking, to be honest. Yeah, massive. Yeah, you know. It's yeah, allowed, it's allowed everyone. You know, like yeah, it, it's allowed everyone uh, race, I suppose, or, or go to the events, and not, you know, you're not really. Like say at a cross country event, like if you're not at the races, like it can be a horrible experience. You could be miles off the pace. You can be a lap down. You can be really found out. People can look at the results and see you're ten minutes behind or whatever. In downhill, kind of the same thing. Like you know, you're way down the list or whatever. In the enduro, like there's so many age categories in it and so many different results in it, and 
you know, you can, oh, I had a puncture or I had a slip or, you know, mm-hmm. or you're just out riding your bike, you know. Um, everyone's not as serious as everyone else, you know. And, and the people are having little races within the race. So you might be racing against your own crew, you know, and not really paying much attention to what else is happening in, in, in the results, you know. Yeah. It's not yeah. a serious, you know, it's not as serious a discipline, I suppose, if you don't want it to be. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's I think that's the key point, is that you can go with a bunch of friends and you can race each other. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you can make it a social weekend, just a good laugh, a good time out, yeah. just a bit of fun with your mates, and in you a slightly your, different environment. You know, you get your print out at the end, and you you have your top trunks there with just you and your mates, like you know, and it doesn't matter who who's your who you're five minutes behind or five minutes ahead of on the grand scale of things mm-hmm. just matters that you beat your mates yeah and i think it's cool you know to be able to look at a trail that you know keelan grant has run on and you have run on and you can see the different times yeah and you're like right okay so how's he doing that or where's he going faster or you know i think it's pretty cool that as well yeah it, it, it is it's yeah it's amazing it's amazing. Mm. And you can rock up to these guys at the, you know, and, and maybe have a chat with them, you know. Um, mm. You know, they're not behind barriers, or you know, you're not, you know, in a stand looking down at them. Like you know, you feel like you're you're taking part in the same event as them, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool, very cool. Yeah. Um, so before I let you go there, Alfie, because I know it's getting late, and I'm sure you have to get up early and get to the store. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so what does the future hold for expert cycles have you any plans for the near future anything you're going to do different well we're just going to try and take over the world uh, as normal <laughs> sounds good um i don't know uh yeah just try and keep going really is the is the thing and uh yeah try and keep going try and keep the keep the uh keep riding bikes really you know mm-hmm. keep pulling skids or not yeah. Yeah, and how's the how's the club going? The Epic MTB, how's that going? It's good. Um, like I suppose we have this kind of tag, or we we've ended up with this tag of being a kind of XC club. Um, but uh, I suppose we're we're just kind of, I suppose we're kind of old school in in how we ride. Uh, we tend to ride spins still. Um, you know, like going from point to point, starting a car park right around the, the forest and going back to the car park uh, and not maybe go sessioning a particular trail over and over and over again. Uh, so we kind of have this XC tag, so we're probably not not deemed to be uh, the coolest club in the country at the moment. Uh, but those things kind of, they, they change, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, 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 I'd be considered a, a complete XC rider, like, but I, like I ride a, uh, a Yeti SB140, which is a, it's a 650B wheeled bike with 140 mil travel on the rear, 150 mil travel on the front. Like that's what I ride all the time. I have a hardtail for racing, which I haven't used for for over a year and a half. Like so, mm. uh, you know, it's it not it, nobody rides XC anymore. You know, mm. everybody just rides mountain bikes. You know. Aye, but the XC scene, the race scene, still massive, isn't it? Oh, it's massive. Yeah, I mean, but. But spins-wise, you, you know, like you, you might race a hardtail or race a race an XC bike, but you don't ride it. Like you, the, the spins have changed, the trails have changed with the mountain bikes, you know. And even you see the XC bikes are changing; they're they're getting slacker and they're getting more travel. And mm-hmm. 
you know, the whole sport is evolving and changing and, and, and the way we ride is. So, um, yeah. But it's a, it's a great club. Like, it's busy club. We, we've spins there Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights, Thursday nights, all through the summer and winter. Uh, we have a Saturday spin and a Sunday spin, varying abilities, uh, all sorts of ages. We've, you know, um, we have our kids spin through the summer on a Friday night. Um, there's loads going on, you know. Wow, that's a lot. Of, that's a what's nearly what's that? Five nights a week or something? Yeah, it's it, it's busy like so, and there's something for everyone in there. There's like we've all sorts of riders, like from. Brendan Conroy, Harry Byrne, you know, we've older kind of XC guys, uh, younger enduro guys. We have women in the club. Uh, we've like we've Terry there. He's what, 63. He's still kind of flat out on the bike. Uh, we've Adrian Vanderlee there. He's, um, you know, the, the, the enduro photographer, you know, living legend kind of guy. Um, so there's all sorts of characters in the club, you know. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's it's really healthy. It's really yeah. Healthy. That's cool, man. That's cool. And just on that topic, have you seen more girls get involved in mountain biking? Are you selling more ladies' bikes? I wouldn't say you're selling more ladies' bikes uh, specifically because um, I I don't know do 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 ladies are quite hard. that's a really hard question now you're going to get me hung <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know yeah there are ladies that want ladies bikes and there are ladies that don't want ladies bikes it's a funny one I always say to mother I always ask mothers when they come into the shop with a with a young girl like uh, I kind of look at the mother for direction when I'm asking which colour because sometimes you can ask a girl you know does she want the pink bike and she wants to give you a thump mm-hmm. uh, and and some point times you can suggest that they don't want the pink bike and they want to give you a thump, you know. So, uh, yeah, you'd have to ask the woman that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but do you see more? Do you see more girls in the trails? Do you think that's yes, an area that's getting more popular? Yeah, definitely. There's there's definitely more women riding bikes, and and, and it's great to see. Um, there's a huge amount. There's a there's a kind of uh, Facebook group uh, down around here, the ladies who shred, and, and that's huge. They have a lot of members on the on the group, and you see they're quite active. Like, um, they I think they've got a beginners like an introductory spin coming up in in the gap in the near future. Um, yeah. But look that up on Facebook. Um, so yeah, and 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 they're kind of. Um, you know, they're kind of reached a, a critical mass where they're kind of doing it for themselves. They're not getting dragged into the sport by their husbands anymore. Or <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, that's normally how it happens. Yeah. So that now there's, like I say, they're doing it for themselves and they're encouraging each other into the sport, and and that's good to see because that means that they'll keep going and it will keep getting bigger. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's good to see. Good to see. Yeah. Um, so, Alfie, how can people find you? How can they get in contact with you, find out what you're up to and what you stock and stuff there? Yeah, well, we're on Instagram and we're on Facebook, uh, Expert Cycles, ex- www.expertcycles.ie or at Expert Cycles or info at expertcycles.ie or just give us the old-fashioned phone call. We love to talk. It's uh, 4401-4425841. You know, give us a shout and... Uh, yeah, I can waffle on. You can, you can, you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Well, if anybody's at the Gap or anybody's down around your area and they need a bit of service or a quick yeah. help out, they can give you a shout. Yeah, we're there. 
Always. Cool. Well, listen, bro, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It was great to chat to you. And uh, you're doing a lot for that area down around there. I know as speaking to Harry and things. So um, I know he's very appreciative of what you're doing there with the club and things. So um, it's good to have the local stores still there, man. We need it. We really need the local stores. So um, yeah, get out so much local store. You know, get out and support your local store. Give them the bit of service work. Yeah, um, you know, you'll need them there to fix your kids' punctures in the future. So you know. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> likes likes and punctures. Yeah, it's been good chatting to you. Yeah, bud. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Cheers. That's a wrap for episode 117 and Alfie, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I really did enjoy our chat and uh, I hope Expert Cycles is doing well for you over this Christmas period. You're in the run-up and uh, hopefully Christmas is busy there and things are going well. So thanks so much for coming on the podcast, as I say, and thanks for supporting your local community there. We definitely need guys like you that we can call in to have a coffee, have a yarn and uh, get great products at the same time. Now, folks, if you want to know more about Expert Cycles, more about Alfie, just go to the MTB show. You'll find them at mtb-tribe.com. Just search for episode 117 and Alfie's episode will pop up there. You can get some links to his socials and his phone number and contact details are all on there. And you can read a little bit more about what we chat about. You can also listen to the show directly from there, of course. Now, thanks so much for tuning in and listening. And if you want to support the show, the best way is by subscribing, rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Every one of your ratings helps boost us on Apple's algorithms and helps spread the good word about the show to more people. If you're not on Apple, don't worry. You can find us on your favorite podcast app. Subscribe via Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean. We should be on them all. We also have a website, mtb-tribe.com, where you can find the complete back catalogue listen and download every show from there you can also subscribe there and get one email per week with a quick and easy link to the show and a short synopsis of who you can expect on that episode you can also find us on the old social media platforms of course we are on facebook and instagram at mtb tribe and uh, please just share with friends you can share posts you can get involved you can contact me there via private messages just get involved Share it out with friends is the best way to build a podcast and let's get more people off the sofas and on the saddles and let's chat a wee bit more about this awesome community we have of the MTB scene. It is pretty amazing and uh, let's show you out about it because we have a great one here in Ireland and I think more people need to know about it. So thanks once more for tuning in folks. I do appreciate you getting involved and listening to the show. If there's anybody you would like to hear from on the show or any topics you'd like covered, just drop me an email, info at mtb-tribe.com. I do read all emails and I will get back to you. So thanks again, folks. Have a great weekend. Get out on the bikes, hit those trails, get out in nature, get away from the screens and the phones, go have a laugh with some mates, and as always, stay MTB stoked. <laughs>